That was the five seconds of s- 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 silence. Wah, wah. Hello, darkness, my friend. <laughs> Stop that shit. Darkness, darkness, darkness. I am the doctor, this is my section. Earth is under my protection. Planet of birth is Gallifrey. I've got two hearts, your life is safe. Run into the master raw Missy. Come on, Alonzo. Alonzi. I am a time lord. No, I'm not rich. Twelve bodies of men. Now it's time for a switch. Don't look like that. I'm in great health. You were expecting someone else. Regeneration. Oh, such fun. When I say run, run, run. What's up, my boy? Peace and sanity. Sorry, I must dash. Reverse Polarity. Sometimes I'm north, but always a limey, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Jump in the TARDIS, go for a ride, it's bigger on the inside. Exploring all of time and space, oh what's that? Exterminate. Cyberman, a Daleks maybe. Would you like a jelly baby? Time's ticking, we'd best go, a new adventure, Geronimo! I am fantastic, so are you, best come with me, I'm Doctor Who. Welcome to a brand new episode of D4WH. I am your host. Would you like a jelly baby? I'm Adam O'Sullivan, joined as always by my co-host. She's my very best friend, or at least my current companion. It's Nakia Schutz. Hello. I hate when you offer me a jelly baby and it's just a cliche. I I'm don't so get one. I'm so sorry. We had jelly babies at the live show. We I don't did. have any more at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Stop saying it. <laughs> okay. Stop well, saying I, it. I hate the implication that I need to bring sweets around to your house yeah. to be able to record. You pretty much do. How are you doing? Boiled lollies, I like. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Mm. I... Um, I'm very excited about talking about sure. what we're going to be chatting about mm-hmm. today because I, yes, had quite the time. Mm, and we've, we've, it's a, it's a brand new era after two Zoom episodes. Mm. We've moved into your new, uh, your new podcast headquarters. Yes, we have. We've still got a bit of fine tuning to do. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. It took us about a year to get used to the uh, to the old one. Yeah, so. yeah, it did. And then I'll buy a house and then it'll all change again. <laughs> We've moved up from recording at the library and being told <laughs> off by librarians because we're too loud. <laughs> hey, you know, it's every step is a step <laughs> up, I say. Today we're going to give it a D-World with Doctor Who in real life. Fossil. Woohoo! Sorry, not you. Uh, we're talking uh, about actual fossils. You know, I'm not that old. <laughs> a fossil found in Australia has been named after the great Doctor Who actor Tom Baker. Yay! From here on out, I'm probably going to massacre the names and the science, but I find this fascinating. Mm. The, fac- the fossil is a type of trilobite named, oh dear God. Give it a go. Give Gra- it a go. Gravi- Gravicalamine Bakery. Mm. Oh. Gravicalamine Bakery by Drs. Patrick Smith and Malt Ebach. Yep. who found the fossil in the Gordon Group in northern Tasmania. You know, the Gravicolachine Bakery sounds like somewhere you would get maybe Eastern European baked goods. <laughs> oh, yes. I love their baklava. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I love to go down to the Gravi- <laughs> Gravicalamine Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> and get some Gravicalamine. Mmm. <laughs> With a, cream. A, a type of trilobite. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, trilobites are some of the first early animals on Earth, or, depending what you believe, a giant hoax played on us by the devil. Oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> probably what it is. So elaborate. Oh, he is such a practical oh, joker, man. that devil. They are anthropods, so creatures with an exoskeleton like a crab or a scorpion. Ooh, they don't sound nice. I wonder how they taste. Mm. 
Dr. Smith and Ebach have dated the Gravicalamine Bakery to the Cation stage of the late Ordovician period or about 450 million years ago. So not that long ago. Yeah, just yesterday basically, really. Last week. I believe 450 million years ago is the last time we were allowed to go outside. Yeah, it it, it actually was. It was. That was our first COVID-free. Yeah, that's right. That's when the pandemic started. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Gravicalamine trilobites have only previously been discovered mostly in the U.S., but also around Wales. So is this the first one in Australia? That's correct. Ooh. Mm. And we named him after Tommy. Well, they named him after Tommy because they found him, so. Mm. And the doctors published their findings in September 2020. Both credit Tom Baker's fourth doctor with inspiring them to go into science and said the decision to name the trilobite after him was an easy one. So we always hear about people saying, you know, Mm -hmm. Star Trek got them into science. Hardly ever do we hear about people who are into Doctor Who getting into science, so this is quite lovely. I think there's probably more than we hear about. Mm. It's just that the Star Trek ones are, it's American, and so therefore there's more PR maybe, Mm. or just Americans are more likely to just tell you. Or maybe they're into both and they're just like, oh, I'll just say Star Trek because most people know that. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Mm. Uh, And Tom Baker wrote a reply to the doctors. (laughs) I am delighted to be entitled at last, he states. I hope the Who world will share my joy. Will I be allowed to tack fossil on official correspondence? (laughs) I hope the Who world will celebrate this fresh honour and will spread the news to those who live in remote places. Happy days to all Who fans everywhere. He must be a bit chuffed. Yeah, that's I mean, lovely. I, I think I I would be. Mm. I'd be a bit chuffed, particularly if I was as the person or the actor really shit at science yeah. and then I got an award for, me, you know, got named <laughs> after something. Like, mm, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, imagine being an actor and being like, okay, you need to explain to me again what this is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gr- I'm grateful that you named it after me. Yeah. But what is it and why is it great? Yeah, and what colour is it? <laughs> yes. I only like pink. Well, it's great because it's a fossil. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Well, he is pretty chuffed. He, he even mentions in the interview at the end of this audio that mm. so that's why I put that as the bit of news. Very good. It's a good piece of news. And I I would think particularly, I know one physicist I used to uh, mm. work with said it was watching Doctor Who and Tom Baker that made him want to become a physicist. Mm. So, you know, they may not all have reached, you know, the Nobel laureate prize, <laughs> you know, level, but I think there's probably a lot that got into the sciences yeah. because they loved Tom Baker's Doctor Who. Yeah, and there's all those people who are in the sciences doing it for, you know, the human race with mm-hmm. the continued reduced budget the governments try to take away from them. That's so. right. <laughs> doing, doing well. I was going to say doing God's work, but not really. Uh, no. Doing the opposite of God's work. Opposite of God's devil's work. <laughs> doing devil's work. Well, That's not quite. Right. Well, um, it depends who you are. So. Yeah, they're, not, they're, they're, they're just, you know, showing natural things, not, you know, Disproving God. Anyway, I can't, well, well, yeah. Disproving Adam and Eve, and that's. I think you're going to say disproving me. Like, uh, yeah. they've, they've conclusively proven that I do not exist. Yes, and I feel really <laughs> silly sitting in here talking to myself. Oh, this is going to be such a, t- uh, a plot twist when you're mm. on your deathbed mm. and you're like, Where's Adam? He hasn't come to see me. And, the, and Dave's like, Who are you talking about? Who's oh, you mean your imaginary friend who you do the podcast with? <laughs> Because <laughs> you couldn't get another Whovian to come because there's no others but you, Dickhead. That would be yeah. it. Yeah. 
I want to I want to know if it's like just you doing one side of the conversation or you running back back and forth between the two, being like, and now I'm Adam, and now I'm Nikia, and now I'm Adam. Well, I I have ADHD, so I possibly am running <laughs> from one <laughs> side to the other. So you get your steps up. <laughs> Our episode today is. I tell you what, it's wears me out when we've got a guest. <laughs> oh, you have to pretend to be the guest <laughs> yeah, as well. Always. Oh my god, Beck Buckingham doesn't exist. No, not at all. <laughs> Our episode today is Genetics of the Daleks, an audio play released by Big Finish in December 2020 as part of Time Lord Victorious, written by Jonathan Morris, directed by Jamie Anderson, and featuring Nicholas Briggs as the Daleks and Tom Baker as the Fourth Doctor. I like Jonathan Morris. Mm. I like what he writes. So sure, I don't know if I've ever seen I've read some of his stuff okay. before. Uh, I like him a lot. Yes, and the, the Fourth Doctor and I'm all, you know, <laughs> head up with excitement. I'm I need giddy. to be excited. Yeah. I'm giddy with excitement. <laughs> uh, and he takes forever to get there. Well, yeah, I suppose. Well, they're going to set everything up, don't they? Yeah, I know, but I'm like, come on. Come on he doesn't come do a huge on. amount of stuff once he does get there. No. No, I mean. I it's surprising this, this goes for 80 minutes because it doesn't feel like it. I I, I thought I could. I, I was actually surprised driving over here because it takes me half an hour to get here. Yeah. That I didn't finish the whole thing because oh. it feels like it's not an hour long. But anyway. We'll talk about it. It went quickly. I yeah. thought it went and quickly. And did you notice the theme that they played was the fourth Doctor theme? Yes. Mm. Which is always nice when they do that. Yeah, so that I was like quite that. cute. It's it's during his, his reign. It's not a modern Doctor theme. Yeah, but but it has some, some connotations for the modern Doctors yes. and where they are now. And Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a good. prequel to the uh, A Dalek Awakens escape room. Yes, mm. I did uh, read that and mm. and I thought, well, I don't want to read about that because I can never go, so yeah, fuck you all. Exactly. <laughs> Here's a prequel for a thing that you in Australia cannot do. You can never do. And I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't just offer it online I, for us to do it because – Would be we, nice. It's not licensing issues because no one's license, licensing it here in Australia. I mean, I, it wouldn't be the same but it would – yeah. Be something. Yeah, be better than not doing it. Yeah, that's right. Not knowing anything and just having to hear people go, oh, it was really great. Yes. You don't know what you missed. Uh, we start as we always do with a short synopsis. The colony starship future heads towards its final destination, Tear Garden Star. But horrible things are happening on the ship. The colonists have been infiltrated by a, by a crime syndicate and a rogue Dalek is trying to use the people to evolve a new Dalek race. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thankfully, the Time Lords have sent the fourth Doctor, who may be the only chance that the ship has. But even when the Doctor thinks it's all over and done, perhaps the only way to truly save everyone on the ship is to visit an escape room in the UK in the middle of a global pandemic. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Two to six people, get your bubble together, <laughs> hop on down. And I do believe in the UK you could do that. Yeah, so... Mm. Uh, just, um, yeah, did you, the cast, when I looked up the cast, oh my God. Yes. It's a who's who. First and, of, uh, and Melanie Pond. Melanie Pond, Mel's is there. Yeah. 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 I thought that was cool. Uh, Nina Toussaint White plays security officer Swan. Mm -hmm. She was previously Mel's on Doctor Who and was also on Bodyguard with Pippa Haywood, who plays Captain Graf. Oh. Yeah. So I recognized her from that. Pippa was also on Green Wing. The surreal mm. hospital comedy we've mentioned before yep. that also featured Olivia Coleman and Michelle Gomez. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's, it's all crazy, connected. Isn't it? The UK only has ten actors. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't 
not true. Uh, and medical officer Chuk was played by Clive Mantle, who I was surprised to find uh, played Simon Horton, the love interest of Ger- Geraldine Granger in a classic episode of The Vicar of Dibley. Yes. Yes. Um, his voice was so familiar. Oh, I didn't recognize. When I saw his face, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. that's that guy? Yeah. His, I had to go and look them up because some of the voices yeah. were, were familiar and I'm like, I know them from mm. somewhere. Um, and so it's always good to sort of put a mm. put a face to it and, and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always remember that episode. They've been in Midsummer, Lewis, yeah, yeah. Frost. <laughs> <laughs> I always rem- remember that episode because uh, he says he likes blondes and then mm. the vicar of Dibley goes and dyes her hair blonde <laughs> and it's hilarious. So good. <laughs> I did like the vicar of Dibley. Uh, on the starship future, Pilot Finley and security, uh, security Officer Swan are woken by Medical Officer Chuk and meet Captain Graff. And that's basically most of the staff. Yeah, it- it really is, mm. and it's you know it's a it's a bit of a downer ending, really, isn't it? <laughs> just... Well, the fact is, they knew how it had to end because they, it goes yeah. into the escape room. So what happened was they were creating the escape room, mm. and then Big Finish was asked, "Hey, do you want to create an audio that's like a mm. lead into it?" And they said, "Oh, yeah, sure." So they knew how it. They basically knew how it, it's sort of started mm. and how it sort of ended as well, because mm. it kind of ties into two, two different. Other things. Yeah, it was good. And the the bit where the Dalek is talking to the fourth doctor about mm. his future. Yeah. I I really that was interesting. I, I found that interesting to 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 do they explore at some point that the doctor remembers that conversation. So hmm. Plus also the Dalek is like I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to kill him. Oh, and by the way, you fucked me up in the future. Well, yeah. why don't you try and kill him then? Yeah, I don't. I didn't get that because if you kill him now, he won't be there in the future. Yeah, yeah. The Dalek's Creates not paradox. Really, he's, well, he's been frozen a long time. You know, <laughs> he really needs to let it go. <laughs> he really, at some point, you've just got to say goodbye to the hate and the. <laughs> there are. They are twenty years into a fifty-year trip. Uh, and it's time to rotate pilots. However, the last security officer was electrocuted while investigating, requiring the backup SO to also be woken up. Where's their safety officer? I I, I don't – because, yeah, they say that the security – because the pilot goes, oh, the security officer is to keep us safe. And she goes, no, she's to keep you disciplined. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, who's keeping them safe then? Uh, That's right. No one wakes up the safety officer because (laughs) just – it could just – they take all the fun out of mm. the parties, the drinking, yeah. the playing around with electricity with while fi- electrocuting itself. With the five people who are awake. Yeah. <laughs> not big <laughs> no, parties. Yeah, not huge parties. <laughs> and I don't imagine the uh, the doctor or professor, whoever he was, is quite a hoot to <laughs> yes. hang out with. But, yeah, it's 10,000 people and five mm. people. Mm. Like you would feel like you'd need more. Well, yeah, they an kind engineer. of insinuate that they go a bit stir-crazy. But wouldn't you need an engineer sort of, you know, making sure? Probably. And an IT. I mean, you've always got to have IT support. You know, <laughs> yes. how, you know how hard it is to get. And then you'd have to wake the bastards up and <laughs> they'd have to have a nap. The problem with IT is that you have to reboot it. You have yeah. to keep turning yeah. it off and on and <laughs> trying to get, get him to come online. Yeah, and, and then all the stasis pods go offline <laughs> and then you lose up the Crew, yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know how they make do with just five people. That was a bit implausible. However, <laughs> I did. You didn't want too many in the cast. Yeah. So you know, and you got. To, I did like the fact that you got to know them, hmm. um, and I like the fact that you're like, 
oh, which is the major baddie here? Yeah. There was, you know. It oh, was, everything's going on at once, basically. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just stock standard. There's a Dalek, let's go. Yeah. So I, I liked I liked that yeah. they, they added some, or Jonathan added some complexity to it. The captain's metabolism has been slowed, allowing her to stay awake for the entire voyage. She's middle-aged and 102 years old. You think she'd be as nutty as a fruitcake, brothers? <laughs> I wonder if there's, like, some side effects, like some horrible side effects to slowing your metabolism because otherwise why wouldn't everyone do it? Well, then maybe wouldn't you be? Like, she's the size of a house. Oh, I, I, I just assume that she's, like, constantly constipated or, you yeah. know, bad gas or something. Oh, no, I think she's, like, you know, 600 pounds. <laughs> like like from uh, Wally. Yeah. Oh, hello, Pilot Finley. I may look a bit older. Uh, yeah, the age was what I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just yeah. let me turn sideways so I can get through this door. But I didn't know you could get a uniform like that in a moo. <laughs> Lovely. So uh, with slowed metabolism, you yeah. eat more? Is that what happens? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I, uh, I would not be putting my hand up for that. Mm. I would be saying just get another captain and then we can, yeah. you know, swap in and out. You assholes. I'm surprised that when they meet the captain, she's like, come into the, the bridge, let me show you. Don't worry, I no, nothing has affected me, my mind is yeah. fine. So anyway, I've named all the stars. Yeah. That's Gerald, <laughs> that's Mikey. Mikey doesn't like Gerald very much. Well, that would be me. I mean, you imagine spending 20 years with yeah. five people. You would run out of conversations, yeah. you know. There were just so many stories you could tell. Then people would start repeating themselves and then you would eventually stab them because it's the 12th time they yeah. told you the story about how they met their wife and blah, 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 blah. But they, blah. they rotate stuff. So they, they say when the pilot wakes up that they obviously insinuate that the pilots rotate every 10 years. Every 10 years. Well, 10 years with the same people, I'd run out, yeah. of, I'd run out of stories. But I don't, I don't know what happens with Chuk. I don't know if he's been awake. Obviously, he hasn't been awake. So he just happens to be awake when the security officer dies so he can wake up one of his crew. He must be awake the whole time. Well, they, wouldn't they say that? Because he because he says that about the captain. Mm, I don't know. But yeah, they never they never get into that. I didn't really think about that, but you know, yeah, he could just get old and die. Yeah, I'm a crime boss. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jane. I'm crime bossing here. <laughs> I love I love the generic crime boss. Mm. He's not the mafia. Yeah, he's yeah. not the yakuza. He's generic crime boss. He's just crime boss. <laughs> yes, Bob. The crime boss. Chook crime boss. <laughs> Captain Graf tells them about an ex- exciting discovery they've made, a Dalek. Is she just telling everyone? Because it doesn't seem like something a pilot would need to know about. Yeah. She walks although- in and she's like, hello, lovely to see you. Thanks for waking up. By the way, oh, my God, we found a Dalek. Hey, this woman's been there 20 years. <laughs> she is just excited to have something new to say <laughs> to new people. They've just woken up and she's like, come check out the Dalek. Yeah, I'd be like, and look at this and look yeah. at this and look at this. Uh, can I have a shower, please? <laughs> no, no, see the Dalek. It's exciting. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't have rushed into it. I should have waited yeah. until we'd been here. I should have given it 10 years yeah. <laughs> before I revealed the Dalek. <laughs> Whilst taking fuel in the Oort cloud, Professor Brooke found a Dalek encased in ice. They keep the lower half embedded in ice to prevent it from moving. The casing is missing, as is the gunstick. 
And there's no Dalek creature inside. I would have kept the whole freaking thing in us. <laughs> yes, or behind bars or something. Yeah, or in the in the cloud. Yeah. In the middle of the nowhere. So it's completely safe for them to study the remains. I'm sure nothing bad will happen with uh, the Dalek on board. You just know. You <laughs> know that that's all going to turn out. Oh, there's boring. a Dalek here? Oh, we're all dead. Yeah. Put me back in stasis. <laughs> we're all dead. Wake me when it's gone. <laughs> Except, of course, the Dalek is a alive and well, and mm-hmm. Professor Brooke is keeping it a secret. I like the way they're using it, the way that the modern Who mm. is using the Dalek with the, you know, the little goobly, os- um, whatever it is, jellyfish, octopus <laughs> yes, thing, yeah. kind of moving around mm. and stuff. I liked that. I have to say that the Dalek squelching sounds are disgusting. I know. Er- I know. Oh, there's literally a point later on where it sounds like the the, the Dalek mutant is like, jerking off <laughs> i'm like if this if this starts going faster and they're like i i i am a i'm a i'm a dalek <laughs> I'm like, oh my god i've been waiting for years for that <laughs> but they play them they play the sounds for like a few seconds before the dalek yeah. starts talking and it's like oh, oh. i know it really does sound like a really bad phlegmy chest <laughs> yes. doesn't it something something you've coughed up and gone hello it's alive <laughs> I thought you were going to say, hello, it's a lung. It's a lung. It's alive. It's alive. Uh, the Dalek promises to give Brooke the secrets of Dalek technology in exchange for a few things, such as building it a machine from stuff from the hold and killing the previous security officer. Not too much to ask, I reckon. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think there would be a point. I mean, I know he's the puppet and yeah. stuff, but it doesn't feel like that at the beginning. Mm. And, you know, I I'll give you our technology if you kill all these people. Yeah. I'd be like, I oh, know, mate, I'm out. It killed someone. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a point later on where the Dalek takes full control of him and it's like, wait, he wasn't yeah, being controlled, but he was doing all of this of his free will because he wanted to know about Dalek technology. For science, because science is evil. Yeah, you can lock things up and <laughs> still study them, mate. You don't have to let them run around. I just... I, and they're trying to say he was under he he was his puppet, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like always, Brooke has built a machine for an alien species without any idea what it's for. Yeah. I know. I like that. I'd like to know what it's for. I'll show you later when yes. I turn it up. Yeah, well, okay. When I kill you. <laughs> if someone says, Can you build this machine? What's it for? I'll I will i will tell you later. Oh, it's to kill me? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Thanks for that. Because what other what other reason yeah. would you know, there's he, no he's, good he reason. To be asking not the right question. No one ever goes, can you build this machine for me? What does it do? I'll tell you later. And then mm. later on be like, it makes strawberry smoothies. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, my God, I thought you were going to kill me. I, oh, I am going to kill you. I think if I'm going to go to the effort of yes. building a machine for anybody, I want a really good idea of what the hell is yeah. going to happen. Also, not a great professor if he's putting stuff together and he's like, I have no idea what these things do. <laughs> wow, this thing's crazy, what, man. a replicator? <laughs> what could a replicator possibly do? Oh, I don't know, replicate things? Maybe he's going to make us all smoothies. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for him to make a smoothie. <laughs> However, the hidden Dalek is not the only super secret squirrel stuff going on yeah. in the ship. Swan and medical officer Chuke seem to be in alliance with each other, and Finley starts to catch on when he realises that Swan was replaced before liftoff. Yes, and um, poor old, uh, who's the actress playing the character? Ne- yeah. Yeah, uh, Nina Nina. She, get, she gets to play the bloodthirsty ones, doesn't yeah. she? 
She sounds so nice. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, oh, God, she's a horrible murderer. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll, and we'll talk about what happens to her right but at the yeah, end. Yeah, we've got this sweet character. No, fucking, I don't do that. <laughs> well, she was Mel. She was yeah, I know. Proto River Song. I know. It turns out the Chuk and Swan are part of a criminal syndicate who make made their way aboard the ship and killed crew members so they can take their places. Their plan is to replace anyone in authority and take over the colony of Tear Garden Star. Chuk threaten, threatens to kill Finley's family if he doesn't stop them, if it, he doesn't help them. It does seem like a weird plan. Yeah. I, I mean, just just escape justice, mm. get there, and then just do what you did, yeah. you know, subs, you know, under the radar. And yeah. Why not crime? wake them up as soon as the mission starts? Yeah. And like just fly it to another planet. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Why wake someone up? I suppose because he'd made one of his men, one of his people, mm. the security officer. So then, uh, you know, he has to wake her up for 10 years and I have to pretend like, oh, we're quite nice, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I, know. It's a, it's a strange It's a strange plan. Yeah, they might turn nice on the 50-year journey. Yes. <laughs> you know, now that we're here, I don't want crime anymore. <laughs> and it seems like they, they've lived this life like every time they're in front of other people, they're like, oh, I'm really nice. And then they go into their bedroom and they're like, mwah, <laughs> Stabby, stabby, stabby. Uh, sorry, Chew, did I hear you maniacally laughing? Oh, no, no, I'm totally nice. Oh, okay, okay, goodbye. Mwah, <laughs> <laughs> Like, the captain's been alive for so long, you could just poison her, like, slowly yeah. over the time. Yeah, well, I mean, she doesn't seem to be flying anything. Just take <laughs> over and say you're the captain. Also, at the end, the cap- the, the pilot becomes the captain. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that they would kill everyone except for the pilot. Well, wouldn't the pilot then be the captain and have control over the ship? Yes. Yes, I know. Great plan. I know, I know. They're not real smart. No. But they're really good at selling drugs on a street corner. <laughs> yes, that's their that's their thing. They weren't that's into trafficking or anything bad. Yeah, no. They they were just drugs. Yeah. Just drugs. They were like, well, it's legal in some parts of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I brought space ecstasy. Who wants to take some? Yeah. They're I, not in plastic bags. They're in paper. <laughs> they're in laser bags. <laughs> I assume there was no security around the ship before it took off because yeah. they were in stasis for 20 Five days yeah. before they took off. I would be. That's a long time. Do you need me in stasis quite so, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, it's almost a month. Do, do their families get to keep visiting them even though, well, it's like, well, they're still there. Well, do their families go with them? Because apparently they're yeah, not well, coming back from But this. like his mum and his dad maybe would go and visit. And, well, that's right. Your mum mm. and your dad. Oh, let's have a look at Swan. She, oh, that's not her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, she changed in stasis. Or that no one checked the logs to see that some of the capsules had been opened the day before liftoff. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, these twelve capsules that were opened the, yesterday. Mm. What are you? What are you talking about? No one's. No one's been in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twelve capsules were opened. Yeah, yeah. So they don't. They don't do that. It's like when the pilot wakes up. Everybody's. He's the one going, oh, yeah. look at this log and look at this log. And, and the others are like, what? Yeah. What? I love when he's talking to the captain and he's like, don't worry, I would have recognised what she looked like. It's like, you can say she's hot, dude. Yeah. You can say she's hot. <laughs> and be like, I would have checked her out. Whoa. I would have remembered dad ass. <laughs> Possibly not for big finish. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and where did the syndicate hide the bodies of the real crew? Because they didn't just leave them lying around, did they? They put them in an airlock. Oh, did they? Did yeah, they, they say said that. that okay. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. And open the door, I'm assuming. Because I just imagine them, like, dragging these bodies and then trying to, like, bury them and security guards being like, hey, Chook, how's it going? <laughs> oh, yeah, just just taking another trip. <laughs> oh, wow, you don't – the last Chook I knew was, like, taller than you. No, no, I'm Chook. I he wasn't carrying around all these dead bodies. He wasn't laden with death. Enter the fourth Doctor. His TARDIS is diverted by the Time Lords to Starship Future to once again deal with the Daleks. He notices that the hibernation pods have been opened and closed recently, but the crew thinks he's a stowaway and lock him up in a laser cage. Oh, always the way. The Doctor's always the baddie. That's right. And we, this is our first Tom Baker audio that we have done. Yes, it is. And it's his... First and maybe one and only Time Lord Victorious. Mm, yeah. So, but he's, he, once they got him started on Big Finish, he's been quite proficient. He has. I've got to say, I love Tom, and you know I love Tom. Yeah. But he is sounding old. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah, when you when you see pictures of him and he's like, yeah, a third of the size that he was, it's like, oh yeah. God, I hope that announcement doesn't come soon. Of like, oh, well, me, me, me either. But there were times in some in some of his uh, audios at the beginning where I didn't notice it as much and maybe because, I don't know, maybe they did this during COVID so everybody was in their own place, but he doesn't sound as much like, yeah. he doesn't sound like young Tom, yeah. obviously, because he's, he's aged. But And every now and then then I could picture him, but there were times when I could only picture the old version of yeah. him. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because as the, as the actors age, and of you want them to voice, come back. Your you know. voice does change yeah, yeah. too, yeah. But I, yeah, I think he's, I think he's up for it. But it might, that might be another reason why perhaps he's not doesn't have as many lines as he as he should, you know. Yeah, I, I don't. You don't know. want to overwork him. No, true, true. But I thought it was really nice to have him him there, and you know, he had that same sort of. You could see him all teeth and curls yeah. and. And, you know, don't try anything funny, funny, peculiar. Or funny, <laughs> yes. you, know. you could hear the sparkle in his voice. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Could. It's the same old Tom. You could. You could. Just It just has aged. His voice has aged a little, yeah. So the uh, putting him in the laser cage. Laser cage. I mean, I don't understand why they... Uh, I mean, wouldn't they be excited? He's a new person to talk to. <laughs> they never check the logs. They never check no. to see if he's an. They just assume he's a stowaway. Yeah. But then also, but for some reason, Chuk and Swan think he's just woken up somehow. Yeah. I, I mean, look what he's wearing. I, I mean, I'm, maybe they're not all in uniforms, but I'm sure none of them are wearing what Tom Baker's. Yeah, exactly. Is wearing. He's wearing a giant scarf, and mm. they're like, "Oh, well, you must be one of the crew." Yeah, I just. But also at the same time, Chuk never turns around and, get, and goes like, well, we stowed aboard, didn't we? Yeah. So obviously someone else did. <laughs> anyway, strange. No one offers to go see a ship. No. The swan meets him where the TARDIS is and never goes, oh, fuck me, is that a blue police box? <laughs> yeah, they all just laugh. Yes. Oh, and that was, that might be the naffest oh. point of the entire thing where they're all laughing at him. And I'm like, oh, this is so cringe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought as a doctor, I would have just gone, whoa, I'm going to go there. You come with me. Come yes, on, yeah. Oh. Anyway, uh, Medical Officer Chuk states that the pods can only be opened by the MO, which raises a good point. How is the Dalek op- able to open the pods? Can the Dalek open the pods without the MO? If so, 
Why do they need the medical officer to open the pods later on? I don't know. So yeah. what I'm trying to work out is did they open the pods, inject the stuff, mm. and then, I don't know, close them and they oh, we can't open them now? Yeah. Or was it somewhere through a uh, feeding or feeding tube or vitals that are being monitored or something? Did, did they inject through with the, the computer hex? Yeah. I don't I don't know, but don't it know. did seem really weird. If you can open them once, mm. what? You can't open them again? Yeah, because then later on they like need the Like one time and officer. you're out? Yeah. And also Chuk is like a master hacker and he's like, well, there's no way to open up the doors. <laughs> I know. No one could ever hack like I could hack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all, all, of their, all of their skills and brain or sense goes out the window at some point. The stuff that they can do, they don't think other people can do. Yeah. They're like, well, there's absolutely no way anyone no. could do what we no. do. Yeah. It's all screwed. Don't worry about Considering it. Considering we're criminals and they're, <laughs> and they're like fully trained people. <laughs> I don't It's because IT hasn't been woken up. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There and you if go. you'd woken up IT, wouldn't <laughs> have got done, but somebody would have known how to do it. The Dalek, aware of the Doctor's presence, brings its plan forward and turns on the replicator to create the parts missing from its casing. The massive power spike also alerts the crew, but they are unable to do anything as the Dalek has deactivated the security panels. How does the Dalek make, uh, what's his face, the Professor? Mm. How does he make him go around with the gun telling people if he's not on his back? I don't know. No idea. I was a bit confused about that. Yeah, mind control. Okay. Yeah. Must be good. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I'll give you really good Dalek equipment. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll kill everybody on the ship then. That's right. And strawberry and chocolate smoothies. <laughs> I mean, I would kill everybody on that crew for a chocolate smoothie. That's for sure. <laughs> Chuk and Swan are worried that the doctor is onto them. So Swan decides to let him escape from the laser cage so they can use lethal force to apprehend him. However, the doctor is smarter than that. So when his cage is opened, he contacts the captain to prove his innocence. Yes. They hatch a plan to catch Swan out, leaving her tied up. So the captain did go from you're a baddie to, mm. oh, okay, let's go. Yeah. The captain turns on her crew real quick. He very quick. Yeah. Very quick. Well, the doctor contacted me, so he must be good. All mm. right, let's go with him. He's obviously innocent. <laughs> I'm handing myself in. Oh, don't bother. You're innocent. Yeah. Well, we see later on where she's like, fuck it, just kill them all. I don't yeah, care. I, know. I don't care. <laughs> Finley's like, it's my family. Uh, d- look at my face. Do yeah. I care? Uh, I don't care. Am I bothered? Am I bothered? <laughs> she is pretty callous, isn't she? <laughs> Listen, you shut up. I've put up with 25 years of this shit. I've got another 100 years to live and I don't give a shit yeah. who I have to kill to get there. <laughs> yes, so she's not the caring, you know, sort of the what you call she's the work-life balance. She's not a mother. <laughs> not a mother. Or she is a mother. <laughs> maybe the slowed metabolism means she ah. can't have children. Maybe that's what she had to sacrifice. Or maybe it just turned her into a callous cow. Yeah, maybe it just makes you real grumpy. Yeah, and exactly. Fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. Look, that's your slowed metabolism. No, it's not. Fuck you. And I'll eat your children when they get out. <laughs> The poem that the Doctor was reciting is a piece of nonsense literature written by Samuel Foote to test the actor Charles Macklin, who claimed his memory was so good that he could repeat any text verbatim after hearing it once. Ooh. It was quite interesting. And did he? Uh, It was not recorded whether he did or not. Damn it. 
damn it, I'll never know until I go to my grave. We know the origins of this poem, but we don't know whether satisfaction was achieved. Yes, that's right. It was later published in 1775, although it's unknown if the doctor read this version or visited Samuel Foote to hear it directly. Oh, he probably visited. And ironically, Samuel Foote lost a foot when he was uh, quite a bit (laughs) older. Lost a whole leg, basically. Oh, oh, that's not funny. Well, no, because he turned it into a comedic uh, opportunity. He was a comedy actor, so he made fun of it quite regularly. Yes, I'm Samuel Samuel Foote with one foot. (laughs) The Dalek is ready to create a new Dalek army. Using Professor Brook under its control, it has taken Dalek cells and injected them into the inhabitants of Sector 4. Now, I've got a question. Sure. Every time the Daleks, mm. they're not bright, yeah. right? Every time they go, well, I'm going to build a Dalek army out of humans. Oh, it's always humans, never any other creatures. Yeah, yeah. So they, they decide they're going to do that. And then the Dalek death squad comes yeah. and goes, well, they're not pure. Yeah. And kills them. Yeah. And you're yeah. all that planning and work <laughs> for naught. <laughs> yeah. For naught. Yeah. I wanted to ring in and say, Dalek, yeah. listen. Watch Revolution of the Daleks. <laughs> You'll see what happens. Well. Yeah. Don't talk to Chris North. Okay, all right? Yeah. It's never going That's to happen. That's exactly what I was thinking. They always build new Daleks out of humans and mm-hmm. then the pure Daleks come in and kill them all. Yeah, the same thing with the um, Winston Churchill one. Did the same thing. Yeah. You're not pure, out you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, I t- if some one of one Dalek could go, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on, this is not going to end well for us. Let's get out of here. So they destroy everyone in the universe, and then the last race they have is the Daleks, and there's just a Dalek war for the rest of the, all of time. And yeah, space, you know. Oh, anyway, dumbass Dalek. <laughs> dumbass Daleks. The cells have infected the humans to create Dalek mutants. Chuk goes to awaken the colonists of Sector 4 to awaken his crew, but he is stopped by the Dalek-controlled Brook who forces him to awaken Sector 4. <laughs> Every, it's good that everybody's on the same page. That was kind of amusing. Yes, it was quite funny. I enjoyed that. Captain Graf and the Doctor find the armory is empty. Always. Yeah, the cupboard is bare. The Doctor has deduced that there is a live Dalek aboard the ship, but Graf thinks that they can handle just one Dalek. Oh, please. There's people. a whole five of us, yeah. two of whom I found are traitors. Yeah. <laughs> they won't help us. <laughs> I don't know what we're thinking. Oh, and one of them who's been controlled by the Dalek. Yeah. That's how they figure out that there's a Dalek on So it's really just you and I, Doc, and the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, With the Doctor aware of the Dalek's plan, it heats itself to get out of the ice so it can move around freely. The Doctor is brought before the Dalek by Brooke, but not before causing a distraction to allow Captain Graf to escape. Yes. Graf manages to make it to the bridge with a single weapon confiscated by Swan. I did not expect her to make it. No. Well, I mean, we know that they all have to die because there's no awake humans in the escape room. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought she wouldn't make it and then I thought, okay, when she gets there, the pilot will be dead. Oh, like everyone sacrifices themselves for everybody else at the end, even when it doesn't make a lick of sense. I know, like Swan. Exactly. That's what exactly what I'm talking I've about. I've never understood why she... Why does Swan go from a bloodthirsty killer to yeah. being like, well, might as well sacrifice myself to save the Doctor? Well, is she doing it because of revenge for her crew or... I don't know. I, I don't have know. no idea. For the gang members? Because she doesn't seem to give a shit about Chuk when he's being attacked by Daleks. Yeah. 
She gets the hell out of there. Yeah, she runs away. She doesn't hide then. She then goes and sacrifices herself. Maybe one of them was her boyfriend slash girlfriend. <laughs> Who knows? And she's going to miss them. And this is the way that she reve- she never reveals that. No. With no. Section 4 waking up, Captain Graf sees only one way to prevent the cr- ship from being taken over by criminals. Kill everyone in Sector 4. Yeah. To save his family, Finley refuses, but Graf holds him at gunpoint. But does nothing about it. Yeah, no, it just kind of holds a gun to him for ages. I wouldn't kill you, but you're new and you haven't heard all my stories. Yeah, like move out of the way so I can do it. Shoot him in the leg and then do it yourself. Yeah. Would you do it? Would I do it? Yeah. 10,000 people kill off one section who are infected. It's, I mean, it's a weird plan too because – they don't know that they've been turned into Daleks then. No, that's true. Why not just wake up another sector and and be like, hey, there's baddies, mm. let's stop them. Yeah. Because there are more colonists. There are way more colonists than there are criminals. That's true. And that's the thing. Even if they get to Tiergarten Star, yeah. that's the thing is like there's 12 of us, we've got guns. It's like, yeah, there's 10,000 of us. Yeah. Yeah, you can't kill us all. Even if 1,000 of them, even if like – what like ten percent of the people were like, we are going to stop you. That's still, that's still a lot of people. Yeah. That's still ten. That's still a hundred times yeah. the amount of criminals there are. Yeah, I mean they can't be that good. Yeah, the criminals. Just they be, can't they, be that. They might persuasive. be able to kill like a couple of people, but yeah. they're not going to be able to kill all of them. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so no, I would probably wake up. I would figure out some other way. Mm. I'd be like, why? Let's just mm. open up other pods and stuff. Yeah, um, let's wake up Section 5 and 6. Anyway, uh, Chuk frees Swan and they head back to Section 4 who are waking up. Unfortunately, they are all Dalek mutants who attack Chuk, allowing Swan to escape. Well, Chuk kind of deserved it. <laughs> yes, well. But do they sound like they've got Dalek heads, like Dalek Khan and yeah. Daleks and men? Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was imagining. They yeah. kind of... They're like half octopus. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's what I. That's what my my the picture mm. in my head was. The Doctor and the Dalek have their customary tête-à-tête. The Doctor implores Brooke to break from Dalek control, so the D- Dalek injects Brooke with his DNA to make the process irreversible. Yes. Why didn't the Doctor do something like think about your loved ones, yeah. your blah, your you know? He, he just kind of I don't know. I don't know. If he's being held captive, but he just kind of feels like he's sitting in the corner going, yeah, don't do it, don't. Uh, but no. finally the Dalek does what no other bad guy ever does, is like, all right, well, I'll make it irreversible then. Okay, yeah. now you're under my control. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's about time. He didn't give him a chance to break free and, and double-cross him. <laughs> oh, God. Have you and uh, Dave uh, consummated your relationship by sharing DNA between? Well, anyway, yeah. let's not yeah. let's not go down He there. will never break free and double-cross me. He's infected by you. Good, good, good. <laughs> I spat in his eye. Oh, God. Oh, is that how you do it in your <laughs> yeah, country? Yeah. That's how we do it. The Dalek advises, advises that it has already met two future versions of the Doctor, the Eighth Doctor, who wiped out a Dalek time squad, mm. and the Tenth Doctor, who will become Time Lord Victorious, breaking the laws of time and committing genocide. Mm. Is it genocide, though? Well, I, I looked it up, and apparently the genocide is killing the Kotura. Kotura. Oh, that's okay. that's the genocide he means because he's he has never committed genocide against he definitely hasn't committed it against the Daleks. No, that's for sure. no, yeah. he should. He, he's always about going. He's on had about, an opportunity. 
He's had multiple opportunities. I know. I He's, know. And it always goes, oh, they're the most evil creatures. They kill everybody. Yep. But I have yep. a chance to, to get rid of them. Nah. Yeah. All right. So it was the genocide of the Cotterell. Cotterell. What, I forget how to say it. Cotterer. It's been a while since we've done it. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to remember back to it now. It tells the Doctor these things in the hopes that it will stop him from ever doing them. But the Doctor reveals he won't change a thing. He will remember this moment and know he's doing the right thing. Why does the Dalek want to stop him? Why, yeah. Yeah, why not just kill him? Please don't hurt me in the future. Please. I don't really. Yeah, why not? Come on. I'm the good Dalek. <laughs> It's like going back and meeting your, like, grandfather and being like, I have to stop you from hooking up with this hot woman. Wait, I'll hook up with that hot hot woman? Ah, no, I haven't stopped myself being born at all. (laughs) I I don't know. I have to – I – I want to go back and and check what the genocide and the cotterel Mm. was because – I, I tried to go back and find it and I couldn't. I thought there'd be links yeah. as I was looking back and I couldn't find it. And it's been a while since we've done the last stuff, the yeah. Time Lord Victoria. We still have to do December yet. So yeah. there's a lot, of, a lot in December, which is why mm. we're doing this one first. With the mutation complete, Brooke is put into the fabricator to create a brand new Dalek. Swan informs Graf and Finley that the inhabitants of Section 4 have been turned into Dalek mutants, mm. even the children. Oh. Finley's family are now Daleks. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Swan heads to the research lab and puts herself in the Dalek fabricator to allow the doctor to escape. No idea why. Yeah, no idea why. Absolutely no idea. It was a change of heart all of a sudden. Yeah. Well... Yeah, no, there was good in her. She all. has to because she has to die before the start of the escape room. No, because there was good in her. Oh, right, of course. The murdering person mm. who wanted to kill 10,000 mm. people is like, ah, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm redeemable. Swan sacrifices herself to destroy the Dalek constructor with her incompatible yeah. organic material, which is kind of how girls respond when I ask them out. Yeah, that's mm. right. I'm sorry, you are incompatible organic material. Yes. I mean, you could have just said no. <laughs> no, we feel that we should explain no. in detail. No one would ever want to mate with you. <laughs> Jesus, all right. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> should stop asking your mother and Daleks. <laughs> I want you to get just a, a widen your circle. Yeah, I just I just ask them, if, uh, you know, if other people would date me. Oh, I don't, I'm not asking okay. my mum out on oh, a date. Okay. I just want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> Graf leads the Dalek mutants to the airlock and opens it, sucking them and her into space. Yes, so she self-sacrifices. I can understand that. Sure. There's no captain now. Anyway. Yeah. The Doctor and Finley head to the server room where the Doctor reverses the polarity. <laughs> I did like that. There was that lovely little pause where he's like, reverse the, the polarity. polarity. Do you get it? Do I, you get it? I did I did like that, although it did seem weird to me the doctor didn't realise that the Dalek would be mon- monitoring their conversation. Yeah. So he didn't say some other, you know, plan, but anyway. Well, it does, it does remind me of Ark in Space when they're kind yeah. of hiding from the, the yeah. ship trying to shoot at them. It does. This causes an electromagnetic pulse, restarting the computer and destroying the Daleks. With Finley now acting captain, he sees off the Doctor in his TARDIS. Mm. However, whilst trying to revive the backup crew, Finley encounters a lone Dalek trying to repower itself from the ship's systems. Mm. It exterminates Finley, leaving all the awakened crew now dead. The Dalek begins repairing itself using the warp core as it floats in space, waiting for a crew of two to six 
with a time limit of 60 minutes to prevent it from succeeding. <laughs> to be continued in the Adalek Awakens escape room. Whoa. Which we will never know. Never. Never. All I'll ever get are the reviews. What a fantastic escape room. Best experience <laughs> yeah, of yeah, my yeah. life. Uh, we went there seven times. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> fuck them all. Yeah, so there were some plot holes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit janky, yeah. <laughs> but I did enjoy it and I found it easy to listen to. Sure. Um, sometimes some of the... Not not with big finish, but occasionally you'll pick one up and you'll go, oh, yeah, I can get through this quicker or it's not good. Normally I'm quite riveted. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I need to go back and relook at what we've been doing to get my head into how it all fits in correctly. Yeah, look, it's uh, for me. It's not the it's not the greatest audio we've listened to. Uh, uh, you no. know, uh, even it's not the greatest audio that we've reviewed. Like I still I liked Infamia the Zaros better mm. than this one because I too. feel like I feel like more was going on. Mm. There's there's a couple of moments in this audio that kind of feel like a bit of padding, just like oh, this pad out the the runtime. Oh, really? Like, you felt like there was padding. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. wanted a bit more. I wanted a bit more explanation with some mm. stuff. I felt it was rushed. There well, I wanted go. I wanted them doing more stuff and oh. not like, you know, when they're laughing about the TARDIS, it's like, why is that there? Yeah. Just say, you know, you're here. Let's mm. let's get on with it. Mm. And, yeah. and look, I know this was recorded. This was recorded during lockdown. Yep. But also, like, they managed to put uh, this audio thing together mm. they weren't really limited by by stuff because they could get in contact with the actors and get them to record the line so they yeah. it is it is kind of the writing that's you know it doesn't i don't know it just doesn't hold up against some of the other audios that we've listened to yeah I, it's not the worst i've no heard. no it's, it's not the it's worst it's not the best i liked that there were two different things going on i kind of liked that they it, it wasn't like one of them just fell out of the story they all it all sort of went in together but yeah not not my favorite sure. definitely not my favorite sure and the the b story of the fact that there's a crime syndicate as yeah. well as the daleks actually kind of saves it because that's more interesting than if it was just the crew versus the Dalek. Yeah. Would have been a very generic sort of. So, look, it does it does do some very interesting things, but also at the mm. same time it's just, I don't know, I just wasn't hugely satisfied with it. I, I, I might, if someone was definitely into the fourth Doctor, I might say, look, give it a listen. Yeah, but- I've heard better fourth Doctor uh, um, yeah, I'm sure that there's probably better fourth Doctor Heaps, ones for us yeah. to l- listen to. But I wouldn't say to people, oh, you have to start with gene- genetics of the Daleks. No, you know? no, I wouldn't start with that one. I, I definitely wouldn't start with yeah. that one. But I did like the fact that even though it's from Classic Who, they mm. brought in some of the stuff from New Who with the Daleks getting out of the casing and going for a run around your brain yes. and sticking their tentacles in your orifices and you know whatever else you're into in these days i feel like it does a better job than some of the other stuff that we've we've listened to and read and watched and that sort of thing oh with time lord victorious fitting into time lord victorious yeah mainly because it it doesn't have to stick to a whole bunch of time lord Lord victorious lore it's got little bits and pieces and it's got an ending that they need to get to so it's a bit strange that everyone gets killed at the end but you kind of understand it yeah but i feel like it has done a better job of fitting within those that time lord victoria storyline than some of the others where which are very heavy on 
yeah. fitting in actual moments. And then when you put them all together, you're like, okay, well, somebody wasn't monitoring this and that and it kind of you, the pieces start to fall apart. Yeah, you know? and I, I know what you mean. Some of them, some of the stuff that we've not just, you know, we've had audios, we've looked at comics, we've looked at short stories, some of it feels really heavy-handed yeah. because it's trying to fit in facts that that don't work around the story that they're telling. So I, I've found this with so far with Time Lord Victorious, it's been hit and miss. Yeah. Some of it's been great and some of it I've kind of gone, Ugh, I'm over this. And and as you know, the last time we were doing it, there's a lot of Daleks and I was like, Dalek, Dalek, Dalek. But I found this Dalek he was all right. He didn't piss me off. You know, it wasn't 300 of them. I did want to tell him, your plan sucks. They're all yeah. going to get killed by your own people, but you go for it, boy. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm interested in what we're, we're going to be reviewing and listening to and reading next. Well, time. I mean, Time of Victorious is, is pretty much done. Yeah. Other than the live action things in the UK, which keep getting pushed back. So people might be able to do those by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Considering it was supposed to finish in January, February this year. Yeah, I know. But we um, we haven't reviewed all of it. No. And so I have been holding off until we review things to listen to them and read them. So yeah, yeah. So keep it fresh. I, what I would recommend is this is probably a good uh, starting for Time Lord Victorious because it isn't hmm. – you know, like uh, even though there are better audios that we've listened to within Time Lord Victorious, I yeah. feel like some of those definitely need that. They're, they're a lot more connected, like mm. especially the one with the Eighth Doctor and Brian the Ood. Yeah. There's a lot of like if you haven't read any or seen any yep. other stuff, it's like I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Whereas this just kind of gives you a little taster, a little teaser, like, oh, okay, it's part of a bigger story. You understand that. Yep. So, yeah, I would probably recommend it for people as a, as a starting point. A stepping in point. Yeah, maybe. for Time Lord Victorious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, let's give it a score out of five. Nakia, what would you like to rate it? Um, I shall give it a three because it's got my favourite Doctor, no. Tom, and he's my Doctor. He's my first Doctor. Mm. So it uh, if it had been any other Doctor, maybe it would have been lower. Yeah. But uh, I am going to give it a three. As I said, problems, yeah. holes that I could see, but not the worst, mm. not the best. Yeah. So well, nice I'm, average. I'm also going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and but my score is going to be a little bit lower. I'm going to give it 2.5. <gasps> How dare you? I'm sorry. Look, Tom Baker is is pretty much part of the reason why it gets an extra half a, <laughs> half a mark. <laughs> Uh, that well, that and the the not the twist, but the 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 B story of there's yeah. you know if I feel like it would have got a lower score if it was just the crew versus the Daleks, which oh, yeah. is a story we've had over and over again, yeah. told way better than it's it's being told here. Mm. But yeah, to me, it's it's like yeah, it's fine. It's mm. it's a fine audio. I don't hate anything about it. Mm. There's nothing that's you know crazy stupid about it. It's it's okay to talk about, but. You know, I liked Infamy of the Tsarist way better than this. Yeah. I felt like there was just a better story. There was more going on. Uh, there was more tension. There was more sta- more at stake. Uh, and, and this is, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, you know, if this was an episode of the, the series, it'd be like, okay, it's just a ordinary episode of the series. True. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think, feel like I'm going to really remember much about this as, as we go into the future. So Yeah, probably if it was more like the 10,000 crew were at stake yeah. then really it was the five people. Yeah. I mean, I know that 
you know, everyone in Section 4, but I never liked them anyway. Well, and But they do try and say that, like, everyone's going to die, everyone's going to get turned into Daleks, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then also at the same time it's like, well, I know that the 10,000 crew are okay because yeah. – so you can't you can't really use that as stakes yeah. for people who are invested in Time Lord Victorious because we know that the crew is going to be fine because they're going to be part of the escape room. It's, yeah. it's just like yeah. you're, you're, you're showing us the story to get there and because we know the ending, you can't really throw any like wacky twists of like, oh, they're all going to die. Yeah. It's like, well, no, yeah. we know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then Scooby-Doo turned up. Yes. Well, that's wacky. Yeah, so you need to create other stakes for yeah. us to care about, yeah. you know, the, the crew members or something, you know. Yeah. Like, when, mm. when they were talking about discipline at the start, I felt like that was going to come in more into it or something, you know, like, no. oh, this is very disciplined. We're all, you know, super regimented and we're all similar. But no, it, it, no. Like that felt like padding of yeah. like, why are they so disciplined? But then it never gets mentioned ever again. Yeah, and I did I did feel like some of the characters I didn't really get a good handle on who they were. Yeah, so that was a bit of a – the captain particularly, I didn't really get a good handle on, on who she was. Yeah, I, exactly. I found yeah. her very enigmatic. Yeah, well, she, she berates the pilot for mm. uh, cutting in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I didn't feel like feel of her as a person more as just like a captain. Yeah. She, yeah. If there was more of a in more of a sense that she has been spending 20 years. Yeah. Basically yeah. the only person who has all of these experiences. Yeah. Yeah. They seemed to just she was very blank. Yeah. She was the character that she needed to be yeah. but with with no she was a two she was a 2D character basically. Very 2D. Yeah. Very 2D. Okay. Uh, all right. Thank you very much. Thank uh, Nakia, you. do you have anything you would like to plug? No, Adam. I have nothing to plug. Okay. Just my butt. <laughs> please don't. Not, please put it away. Put it away. There it is. Oh, my God. It sounds like a Dalek. <laughs> That is really rude. You should cut that out. <laughs> As always, you can follow Adam S. Sullivan on Facebook and visit thenerdinfinite.com. Until next time, keep searching the skies for the Doctor. Goodbye. Goodbye. You can catch the hosts on Facebook at Nakia Shoot Comedy and Adam O'Sullivan Comedian. D4WH is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. The podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and many more. Nakia also hosts Neighbourhood Watching with Beck and Nick, looking at the weird and wacky neighbours just over the back fence. Available where all podcasts are. Adam regularly works with Big Fork Theatre in Brisbane. You can find him in some of the online shows on the Big Fork YouTube channel and also has sketches in the Get It In Ya podcast. If you enjoyed D4WH, please consider jumping onto our Patreon and donating. We release episodes early and for as little as $5 a month, we release mini episodes in between our normal episodes. D4WH is part of the Nerd Infinite, which can be found at thenerdinfinite.com. This has been a production of The Nerd Infinite. And then the sound of dragons spitting fire and stuff. What? Why are you looking at me like that?